This sermon is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is Pastor David Kogel. We've learned some lessons from David. We have followed David, and I want to do a little review since we uh, are finishing up tonight. We followed him and started off as that shepherd boy, and we saw that he took his responsibility as a young boy very seriously. The Bible tells us of the story how he went out after one lamb and got it out of the mouth of the lion. And our lesson there was, are we taking the work that the Lord's given us to do very seriously? Do we, do we say, well, someone else would do that, or maybe another time? But do we say, Lord, I know you've put me in this place at this time and give me this talent, and I'm able to do it. Lord, help me to take it seriously. David was someone who was faithful in the task that the Lord gave him to do. And I think many times the Lord gives us things that we should do, and I wonder, do we fail him in those tasks? Do we put it off? Do we think maybe someone else would do that? We also found David wanted and longed to know the Lord in a deeper sense. You know, we can be a Christian for a long time, and we can kind of stay the same. But as Christians, we should strive to know more about the Lord and grow in our spiritual walk every day. As we read our Bible, as we pray, as we pray with others, as we hear things going on in the world, it should make us want to be, have a longing in our hearts to have a deeper walk with the Lord. And David did that. David was a man that trusted God. We found that out, of course, when he faced the giant. He said, I come to you, not in his name, but in the name of the Lord. And we will face many giants in that lesson that we learned in our life. But I'm so thankful, just like Brother Kurt saying, we can cry out to Jesus when we face those giants. And he's there with us. David looked around when he was there, and he said, is there not a cause? And I brought out that statement because it's very important. We need to learn the lesson as we live in this life and look around at what's happening all around us. There is a reason, I believe, that we're, the Lord saved us and is keeping us here on earth, and we have a job to do for Him. There is a cause that we're here. We're not just breathing the air and walking around. We're doing something for the Lord, I hope. And then as a fugitive, David was, of course, running from Saul. But I'm glad to see he behaved himself wisely. The Bible said in all of his ways. And he didn't take revenge on Saul. He loved Saul. He had respect for Saul. And he showed that all along. David demonstrated great patience, great love. He turned the other cheek. He had a respect for God's anointed. All of those things were good little lessons that we can learn and practice in our own life that we many times have to turn the other cheek. Many times we have to realize that we can show patience and love in, in, in many situations and it will change people around us just because we do that. David honored God. He had a respect for sacred things. Remember, he brought the ark back Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem. And I'm so thankful that you and I can have respect for the things that we should be doing for God. 
We should have respect when we come in the Lord's house. And we're here to worship the Lord. We're here to, to, to see what he has for us. Respect for the man of God when he preaches the word of God. All of those things we can do spiritually. David was a spiritual leader. Even though we finally stop at this point and realize, hey, David messed up, didn't he? David sinned greatly. And it led to other sins. And as we looked at that sin that David did and the sins that he did in his life, we found out that it began because of the idleness that was in his life. We, we don't need to be idle. You know, I'm, I'm listening to a song right now they're playing on the radio that I've never heard. And it, and it, uh, it talks about taking a break for a while. And the name of the song is Stay Home. And what it, what it is speaking of is stay spiritually where you're supposed to stay at. You know, as Christians, we can get burnt out. We can get tired. We can let a lot of things happen in our life. And I've heard it many times when somebody says, well, you know what, I'm just going to take a break for a little while on church, on read my Bible, on, on spiritual things. I just want to take a break. The problem with that is, like that song says, it says, it's hard to get back to where you was. You see, the devil wants us to take a break. And when we take that break, he'll fill it with something else. And as he fills it with something else, and we get farther and farther away from what we should be doing spiritually, it's, we'll wake up one day and say, wait a minute. And it's hard to get back to that place. So beware of idleness. Keep our minds on the Lord. Never think unconfessed sin can be covered up. David thought he had it covered up. He thought he had all his bases covered. He would, he would make sure he'd done everything that he needed to do, but it wasn't covered up. God knew about it, and God sent the prophet to tell him. And then that last lesson before we get into the night was, don't think it can't happen to me. Don't ever think that. Even the strongest person can slip. You know that? At any moment, any hour, any Christian, anywhere can be caught off guard. And we can fail God. David had been confronted by that prophet, Nathan, and he acknowledged his sin. And his sin was forgiven. We saw David's repentant prayer. But David is going to reap what he sowed the wages of sin will continue to pay uh, bitter dividends, and it did for David. Of course, we saw the child born to Bathsheba died. David's oldest son, Amnon, fell into shameful immorality with his half-sister Tamar. Another son, Absalom, led a rebellion against his father's kingdom. Absalom was a young man with a a great magnetism. He drew a lot of people, attracted people, and he stirred up a rebellion against David. And David even had to flee Jerusalem in disgrace. The whole, the whole basis of David's family. You see, David as a young man, all the way up to where he committed that sin as a king, from, from young man to that, he served the Lord faithfully. He trusted the Lord. He depended upon the Lord. He, he lived for the Lord. But then when he fell into sin and shame came to him, it really brought the, his whole family 
was flawed because of it. You know, I often hear people say, well, you know, if I mess up, if I sin, if I do that, that's between me and God. Well, that's true. It is going to be between you and God. But let me tell you something. It can also affect those around you. Because your family's looking at you, your grandchildren looking at you, your children are watching you. They see all of that. And they see a change. They know when a change is coming, when something has happened. And they know that something is wrong. And that leads your family sometimes to look at God in a different light because you went down the wrong road. And I know that's you say, well, that's not fair. Well, that's the way it is sometimes. You see, Absalom was David's third son, the child of his fourth wife. And we find that in all, David had eight wives, seven sons by the time you get to chapter 13 of 2 Samuel. And it was a recipe for jealousy, for conflict, and that's exactly what began to happen in that family, one thing after another. Listen, I, I don't have time to go into 2 Samuel 13, and, and I, 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 you know, you ought to read it sometime. There's some messed up things going on in that chapter, I can tell you that. But let me give you the short version and a real quick story about, and I didn't want to leave Absalom out when studying David here, and I, and I don't have time to go into all of it, but I, I do want to finish up David's life and show you how it ended. But, but just a, a, the story of that, it's a tragic story. Absalom is killed in battle. It wasn't just some battle with the enemy or some other nation, but it was a battle that was leading the revolt Against, his, against David. He wanted to take control of the nation. And his plan was to win the hearts of the people, be proclaimed as king, and kill his father and assume the throne. The problem was with that, he was proclaimed king by those who were loyal to him and word got back to David and gave David time to flee so he wasn't able to kill him. But I, you know, where did all this bitterness start in that family? Where, where did it all take place? And if you go back and look, it goes back to the day that David, of course, wound up committing adultery with Bathsheba, got her pregnant, tried to cover his tracks, ultimately had her husband killed, and David's older children began to watch and see and find out about everything that David did. David's household was taking what they want, what they desired, they say they could take. It started with David. David saw Bathsheba. He said, I'm the king. I can take her. And his family began to use that same train of thought. Anything that they wanted to take, anything that they wanted to do, didn't matter what it cost, what happened, they were, they were able to do that. And so he set a a precedent there for them, and that's what they did. David's son, Amnon, raping his half-sister Tamar, casting her out of the house. Absalom learned about the event. Tamar was his sister, same mother and father. Absalom watched his father, David, and said, are you going to do something about that? Are you going to deal justice with him because of what he did? And David didn't like it, but he didn't do anything about it. And so he took revenge himself and he had Amnon killed because David did not do anything about it. 
and Absalom became bitter towards his father. In this battle, we found Absalom was killed and David's response. And I think I gave him 2 Samuel 18 and verse number 33. Look at David's response. The king was much moved and went up to the chamber over the gate and wept. And as he went, thus he said, O oh, my son Absalom, my son Absalom, would God I had died for thee, O Absalom, my son, my son. David found out this. Any of that sin was not worth it. None of it was. And to continue living in it, continue having sins, it, it brought dreadful consequences on down the road. I'm glad sins can be forgiven. I'm glad the Lord will, will cleanse that sin if we hand it over to Him, we confess it to Him. It's nowhere I found in the Bible that says that uh, God is okay with sin. He's not. He's never. So that verse keeps coming back to me, 2 Samuel eleven twenty seven. But the thing that David had done had displeased the Lord. And so we'll continue on tonight. We'll try to finish up these lessons from David. There are some observations that I want to give you as we close out. David, you remember, David's a man after God's own heart. We're looking at what's, what he's done now, what's happened to him. We're thinking, oh my goodness, how could he be that? But he was a man after God's own heart. But David had faults, just like we all do. He was a powerful king over Israel 40 years. And his heart was declined, inclined towards God. He wanted to know God. He wanted God to be on his side. He wanted to give God his faults. And David sinned in placing confidence in human strength. That's what happens many times. We get to a point where we can think we can handle it, we can take care of it, and that's where we'll mess up. And because of what David did, it, of course, showed weakness as a father. He was a good king, strong king, but weakness as a father. And his sons brought him shame. Did God use him? Yes, God used him. David's life is a prime example in the Scripture of how God works through weak, frail, and even sinful persons. Listen, God has a purpose to get things done on this earth. And God will use whatever He needs to use to get His purpose done. We don't understand that sometimes. But sometimes God has to use that weak individual. That He has to use that, that person that, that, that is maybe not top-notch, doing everything just right, but God's going to get the job done. David, of course, had many troubles in his life. and. Just like we can have troubles if we try to hold things in our life and keep them away from God. And so he brought these upon himself, no doubt about that. You know, adversity, trouble. I thought about this. Many times we have things happen to us in life, and I don't know if you've ever had this, said this, or you've heard it said, but I've had people say it to me. Something has happened in their life. Drastic. And they said, I don't understand why God is letting this happen to me. I don't understand why me. 
I'm trying to serve God. I'm, I've been doing this. I've been doing that for God. I don't understand why this thing is happening to me. And the thing about it is, not everything that happens to us is because of sin. But we need to realize there are things that come our way that we don't understand what God is doing. I mean, are you going to get a check old Job out when you get to heaven? Because <laughs> I guarantee you he could tell you something. And it, it always goes back to him thinking about all those things that happened to him in one day. And yet, he was a man serving God, walk uprightly. So things do happen to us because things just happen in life. And we have to sit back, trust God, know that He's working something out, know that whatever the Lord's doing, He knows what He's doing. But many times, if things happen in our life, we check our life. We say, well, I understand why that's happening. <laughs> so it can, it can be either way. David was not without limitations. David needed power besides himself. He needed God all the time on his side. And look at Psalms chapter 42. That psalm shows me how David longed after God. As a heart painteth after the water brook, so painteth my soul after thee, O God. Have you ever been so thirsty, so dry, that you, can do, you would do anything for a drink of water, something to quench your thirst? Maybe you've been working out in the yard in the sun, and you just have got so parched and dry that you're just longing for something to drink. That, that's that kind of longing that David has right here. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my meat day and night while they continually say unto me, Where is thy God? When I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me. For I had gone with the multitude, I went with them to the house of God with the voice of joy and praise with a multitude that kept holy day. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for yet I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. David had a longing and a thirst after God. And he realized, I need to be in the house of God when the people go to the house of God. I need to be praising God. I need to be uh, rejoicing in God and lifting God up. He realizes all of these things. And we need to do the same thing. We will be thirsty spiritually. And we need to be filled. I, when I come in here on Sunday, I'm looking to be filled, amen. I'm looking to get the, the food, nourishment spiritually that I need. And I'm glad I get it here, amen. I can say when I go out those doors, I've been fed. And I use that nourishment through the week. And here we are on Wednesday night, and I hope to give you a little more nourishment. Carry you through till Sunday, amen. We need that. On another occasion, look at Psalm 27. He'll put it on the, on the screen there. This occasion, 
is a great psalm of David. And notice how he portrays the Lord here. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. And whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies, my foes, come upon me and eat up my flesh, they stumble and fell. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing, I like this, one thing have I desired of the Lord. Isn't it good to desire something of the Lord? You know, we can desire a lot of worldly things. But it's good to look at, stop and say, you know, Lord, I desire something from you that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. For in the time of trouble, He shall hide me, look at that, in His pavilion. In the secret of His tabernacle shall He hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. And now mine head shall be lifted up above mine enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Don't you love to come to church and sing? I love the choir singing. I love the congregation singing. I love all the special singing. I love the singing and praise we have in the Lord's house. If God's given you a talent to sing, you ought to use it and thank Him for it every day. Amen. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me and answer me. When thou saidest, seek my face, my heart said unto thee, thy face, Lord, will I seek. Hide not thy face far from me. Put not thy servant away in anger. He, he knew what he was talking about right there, didn't he? He knew many times he had, been, he had messed up. He's afraid God had just wrote him off, put him away. Thank God he sent that prophet to him and said, told him exactly what he'd done. Said, you hadn't covered it up. Everybody's going to know about it. What are you going to do about it, David? And David said, I'm going to repent. He says, thou hast been my help. Leave me not, neither forsake me, O God, of my salvation. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in the plain path because of mine enemies. Deliver me not over the will of mine enemies, for false witness are risen up against me, and such as breathe out cruelty. I love verse 13. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord. You ever been at a point where you feel like you're just going to faint? You're so tired. You're so weary. So many things against you. So many things have happened. Somebody said something against you. This thing is going on in your family. Folks, we can get to a point where we're about ready to faint. But I love this verse right here. He said, I would have fainted. I'd have fainted unless I believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Then he says, wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. He shall strengthen thy heart. And it was so important, he said it again, wait, I say, on the Lord. You know, God doesn't answer our situations right away sometimes. It has to be a waiting time sometimes. And during that waiting time, God's working things out. 
He's getting things in place. Don't give up on God, but wait on Him. And He will answer. David was a man after God's own heart. Even though he had faults, he had trouble, he had limitations. But one of the beautiful things about his life was, I'm so glad he wasn't too proud to say, Lord, I need your help. I need your help. You know, we, we must never get to the point where we don't need the Lord's help. We always need his help. I don't know where I'd be without him, amen? Another song I listened to said, what would I do without Jesus? <laughs> oh, I love that. Well, David's prayer, David prayed a prayer. He's getting ready to go home to be with the Lord. He prayed a prayer at the end of his life. What did he have to say? What did he bring out? What was so important? You know, I think about when our life comes to an end and somebody's preaching our funeral, what would they say about us? What will we have said before we die? We give that opportunity. Will it be something important? Will we have written down something that needs to be heard, needs to be said? Will our family need to hear some things that we want them to hear? David put it like this in his prayer is in 1 Chronicles chapter 29. Verse 9 says, The people rejoiced, for they offered willingly, because with a perfect heart they offered willingly to the Lord. And David the king also rejoiced with great joy. He's getting ready to turn over the reins. In your time timeline here, Solomon was born, Absalom's rebellion, and he appoints Solomon king. Solomon's going to be king. Wherefore, David blessed the Lord and all the congregation. David said, Blessed be thou, O Lord God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Thine, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory, the majesty, for all that is in heaven and the earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come from thee. Thou reignest over all, and in thine hand is power, might, in thy hand is to make great and to give strength unto all. Now therefore, our God, we thank thee and praise thy glorious name. But who am I and what is my people that we should be able to offer so willingly after this sort? For all things come of thee and of thine own, have we given thee? We are strangers before thee, sojourners as we are our fathers. Our days on the earth are as a shadow, and there is none abiding. Lord our God, all this store that we have prepared to build thee in house, for thine holy name cometh of thine hand, and is all thine own. Solomon's been appointed to build the house of the Lord. David wanted to build it. God said, no, you're not building it. Solomon's going to do it. And he's, he had prepared, he had given Solomon many things to get ready to build this house. I know also, my God, that thou triest the heart and hast pleasure in uprightness. As for me, the uprightness of mine heart, I have willingly offered all these things. And now have I seen with joy thy people, which are present here, to offer willingly before thee. 
O Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, our fathers, keep this forever in the imagination of the thoughts of the heart of thy people, and prepare their heart unto thee, and give unto Solomon my son a perfect heart to keep thy commandments, thy testimonies, thy statutes, to do all the things to build this palace for which I have made provision. He wanted nothing but good for Solomon. And David said to all the congregation, Now bless the Lord your God. And all the congregation blessed the Lord God, their fathers, and bowed down their heads and worshipped the Lord and King. And they sacrificed sacrifices unto the Lord, offered burnt offerings unto the Lord on the morrow after that day. Look at the sacrifices they did. A thousand bullocks, a thousand rams, a thousand lambs, with drink, drink offerings and sacrifices and abundance for all Israel. And did eat and drink before the Lord that day with great gladness. And they made Solomon, the son of David, king the second time, and appointed unto him the Lord to be chief governor and Zadok to be priest. Then Solomon sat on the throne of the Lord as king instead of David his father and prospered and all Israel obeyed him. And all the princes and the mighty men and all the sons, likewise, the king, likewise of King David, submitted themselves unto Solomon the king. And the Lord magnified Solomon exceedingly in the sight of all Israel and bestowed upon him such royal majesty as has not been on any king before him in Israel. Thus David, the son of Jesse, reigned over Israel, and the time that he reigned over Israel was 40 years. Seven years he reigned in Hebron. We told you that. It shows on the right side of that timeline. And 33 years he reigned over Jerusalem. And he died in a good old age, full of days, riches, honor, and Solomon's son reigned in his stead. You know, I think about David's ending prayer to God. He'd done nothing but praise God for who he was. David ended with us with his heart right with God. He got it all straight. God blessed King David with a long and a prosperous life. He survived the battle with the giant. He survived multiple attempts from King Saul, various wars. He died in old age. Scripture leaves no doubt that David was of sound mind when he died. He knew his death was, was imminent. And David was able to give support to his successor. Despite his many faults, David was still admired. He was still respected as a hero by the people of Israel. His dedication to God, his loyalty to God, his courage in war, his faithfulness and friendship showed everyone else what kind of man that he really was. So that makes him a man after God's own heart. David's mentioned in the hero's faith chapter in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 32. What shall I say more for the time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Japheth, and David also, and Samuel, 
and the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, brought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, and out of weakness was made strong, waxed valiant, in fight turned to flight the armies of the aliens. These men were divinely enabled to perform these things only because of God. So I say to you tonight, apply the lessons, good and bad that we heard in David, apply them to our life. Seek to avoid the mistakes. You know, it's good for us to hear. I love to hear how somebody tried something and it didn't work. That saves me time from me trying it. I learned from that mistake. But if we, if we don't learn from our mistakes, then we'll keep on committing those. I think David learned a great lesson himself. So let's resolve to press on. Amen? Let's resolve to keep straight with God and learn the lessons of King David. Amen? Amen. God bless you. I've enjoyed teaching and I hope you got something great out of it. Amen? You listen to Pastor David Kogel. For more information, Visit our website at BufordRoadBaptistChurch.com.